Hey there, everyone. I'm Sherry Dixon, and this is Strong Inside and Out, the show where we focus on all of the strategies and tips that will empower you to design your best life, living strong inside and out. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Strong Inside and Out, the place where we talk about all things being a strong woman on the inside and out. This week, I have another amazing guest. You know, I love it when I can bring people into the world of strong womanhood and really highlight all of the great things that they're doing. And this guest is no different. She has done some amazing things. I've only known her a short time, but so very impressed with everything that she does. Sarah Martin is the owner of Riverstone Digital, and she is a senior web developer. She creates custom code for WordPress and Shopify websites, collaborating with design studios to bring bring their brand designs to life. And let me just say, I'm in awe of just that because I can sit in front of a computer, Sarah, and try to figure things out for hours. And then somebody will tell me something like, oh, it's just this button. And I'll go, oh, okay. So Sarah, the work you're doing is amazing. And I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Um, I, I love the whole concept of stronger inside and out. And um, I've been listening to this podcast for a bit. And so I'm excited to be here and share. Um, I Go ahead. I say, so yeah, my main business is Riverstone Digital, which I started eight years ago when my family moved here to Texas. I originally had... um, intentions of going and working at another company, but realized with my husband's commute to his work that that wasn't going to be what was going to happen if I wanted my kids to have the schedule that they, if any of us were going to see my kids at any point, it needed to be me. And so I took the scarier, harder choice of starting my own company. Um, I don't think it was a choice I necessarily would have chosen if it hadn't, if I kind of hadn't been back to a corner, but I'm so thankful for it. And, um, and it's just, it's, it's been going really well. It's my full-time employment. Um, and I love doing what I do. Um, I used to do more. I used to design and try and write copy. And I realized I really only like coding. And it's much more fun when I just code the pretty designs that other people do. So I niched my business into a place that I'm really comfortable with. And it's been fantastic. Um, I the other big role I have is I am a board president of a nonprofit and it's been going through a lot of changes and transition and um, sort of going through a set of closing down the operations to go through a major transformation and hopefully relaunch here in the near future. 
um, and just trying to lead the team through that, keeping unity among the board and keeping morale up through the remaining admin staff. And so that's that's kind of my new baby. And I'm going to be fairly vague about it because like things are not official yet. And hopefully we will have a great announcement going out like quarter one, but everything in its due time, we're in the deep heart of this transition and just, I'm trying to keep everybody, everybody strong through tough emotions and hard decisions and uncertainty and waiting um, and just keeping team morale up. So that's been this other big piece on my plate this last year. Well, I know we met through a networking and um, hearing you talk about all of the things you're working on. You truly are amazing, Sarah. You are, I um, have to say to the audience, when you walk in a room and you meet somebody, and you have your first couple of conversations, just the first few sentences, you get a good feel about people and you truly are a leader. And not only do you have these two big roles, but you are a mom as well. And you just mentioned it, you know, being kind of put back in a corner saying, okay, I got to spend time with my kids too. And I got to figure this out. Um, really can be a, a huge motivator for uh, the work that we do. And I listened to a podcast recently because I too listened to several of them and um, they were talking about how usually it's something either tragic or something like inside of you, kind of your soul, your purpose in life that drives you to accomplish all of your goals and dreams. And um, truly for you, I know being a mom is super important and um, doing this work is just as important as well. For sure. I mean, for me, I, I love being a mom, but I'm a giant nerd. I need to think, I need to have projects. There was a season where I tried being a stay-at-home mom and, you know, was blessed that that was an option and more blessed when I could realize that wasn't for me. And so throughout the entire time of having kids, I've also been very fortunate to be able to work in flexible capacities, which is so hard to come by. And oftentimes as women, we just have to make our own opportunities because they don't necessarily just exist. Um, and so pri prior to starting my business, I was working at a large nonprofit up in the Washington DC area, um, managing their digital communications, website, email, social, whole lot of stuff. And um, you know, was able to advocate for myself to be able to um, do it part-time, do it part-time from home. Um, my younger son is 10 now, but when he was born, he was a preemie and we were told that it wouldn't be safe for him to go to daycare. So all of our plans for daycare mm -hmm. and me returning to full-time work weren't gonna happen. Wow. Um, and I think it took, but I loved my job and I love working. And so it took a lot of strength to go to an employer and be like, hey, this is what the options are. 
And I, I think a lot of times we don't ask because it's not something that we've seen offered. Like when you're working within a company, if someone, if you're the first person to ever ask for that kind of flexibility or accommodation, that's scary. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, faced that challenge to be like, hey, I want to keep doing this and y'all need my skills, but we're going to have to accommodate the health needs of my child. Um, so it's, you know, it's taking that step. It's being willing to speak up. It's being willing to do the hard things and have the hard conversations. Yeah, I love that um, because you're absolutely right. You've said so much in the, those few words. Um, number one, I have to say I'm very similar to you. I am a mom. My daughter is 33 now and, you know, thriving in life, of course. But um, when she was growing up and we were all teachers together because most of my friends worked where I did. I had some friends that decided to be stay-at-home moms, and it was almost a feeling of, why would you not consider that for your life? That's the feeling I would get. Almost that reverse um, ridicule, almost, right? That, oh, you let your, your daughter not have this time with you. And then when I became a principal and spent more time, you know, away from the home, you let this happen, you know, those, those questions. And I think that we all have to remember, we as women have to determine what our paths are, right? That if we choose to stay at home, then we choose to stay at home. And that's fabulous. And if we choose to work, then we choose to work and neither one is right or wrong. It's just whatever is the best choice. So um, I think that that's amazing that you feel that way too, because we get shamed, you know, and we get, we feel the guilt of not always being there. And the other point to that is that we can change our minds. Like Absolutely. you can choose one and you're not stuck with that choice. I, I think, you know, as women, as moms, no matter what you choose, there's people who are going to pressure you or shame you for that choice. Like I have done all of the options, stay at home mom, full-time mom, part-time working. I've had the pressure in every single iteration. Like that's just a part of our culture. And it's up to us as women to figure out what's right for us and block those voices out. And really, you know, I've been thinking this week a lot about intuition and like our gut instinct and how so many times the outside voices and the outside pressures try and minimize that. But it's like, we know what's right for us in the season that we're in. And if you listen to it and go for it, like you'll, that's where you find your happiness and do in in being authentic and listening to yourself and doing what you know is right for you work-wise and for your family and really just shutting a lot of the voices out because there's always going to be there. People are always going to want to give their opinions, Absolutely. but they don't know you. Mm -hmm. They don't know the intricacies of your kids, of your household, of your inner life inside you. And so it's so important to listen to that 
inner voice, whether whatever you call it, intuition, gut instinct, like there's that still small voice that's the core part of who you are and being authentic to that. I love that. I I totally agree with you on that. You also said something that is just as important is having the courage to ask the hard questions, right? I always tell people, especially, you know, in the line of work that I was in before and now working with clients, what do you have to lose when you ask for something? Um, You know, if you don't ask, it's always going to be a no, right? Because you're never going to get there. But if you do, you have a 50-50 chance, right? That they may say yes. And in your case, it sounds like it worked out perfectly for you and your family. And I think that that's something we have to remember too. We get too afraid to ask. And I can see it because as women, you know, we're regarded different. We have different pay scales sometimes. It takes us longer to move up in in our careers. And I'm sure, especially in, and I want to get to this as well, but, you know, in an area where women aren't typically the norm in that workforce, being in coding computers, you know, technology kind of a thing. And um, it makes it, you know, even more challenging to get that courage to go and ask the hard question. But um, kudos to you for stepping up and doing that because I also think part of being a strong woman is knowing exactly what is going to work for you. Like you said, your gut, you go with your gut, you know what works for your family. So, and I think, you know, it got, it was in the beginning as a younger woman, it was easier to stand up and ask for the hard things when I was asking for my child. Like that felt easier. It took a long time for me to be willing to ask for things for me. That was not comfortable. That's not the type of culture I was brought up in. Um, I, I grew up trying to fit a very little box um, of a very, you know, sweet, quiet woman. I'm not any of that. And (laughs) and it did not, it it did not, you know, I always felt like I was trying to be someone who I was not. um, And to ask for any of the things that I wanted didn't go well. Um, Especially when it came to my natural inborn leadership tendencies that, um, you know, in the communities I were, I was in really I was I was told that should only belong to the men, right? It's like, oh, these roles are only for men. These leadership positions are only for men. And I was like, but why? Um, and early on asking those questions, you know, did not did not go well. I did I lost a lot of trust in any kind of authority figure or leadership. And so, coming back around and refinding myself um, really in a lot of ways in the last few years and starting to ask those questions and stand up for myself and really be authentically me. Like I just got tired of trying to fit in the mold and I was like, I'm just not going to do it anymore. Um, I dyed my hair hot pink and then I dyed it blue and then I dyed it purple. And I was just like, I am done trying to fit in this mold. And it was, 
it was great. Um, and now I feel like I've sort of found my groove and, you know, being able to ask for things for myself, not just for my kids, um, working on balancing my needs as I juggle all of these roles. Um, and it's, it's been really good. Um, it's, it's interesting you brought up, uh, you know, women in tech. I, I think I always enjoyed the competitive aspect of school and competitive aspect of working. So it, it's always been a little bit easier to be vocal when, um, I know I'm right. And I just have to convince everybody else that I'm right. <laughs> um, you know, is in in with math, with science, with technology, there's right answers. It's not subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it is harder. It's very hard for me to get um, certain men to take me seriously. Um, so I often work in these these larger teams, like a client hires me, I'm part of the team that's doing the website development or whatever it is. And there's other designers, there's content writers, there's their social media people. And depending on what the technical solution is, like if we're trying to add something complex to their e-commerce store, there may be another tech company involved. And a lot of the times when I run into issues around that, it's whoever that tech company is, their support people that um, are not as familiar with the project because they're brought in because of a specific issue um, to do with their product. (laughs) And I have to really push to get everybody on the same page. Um, A lot of times I'll end up trying to remain as anonymous as possible almost. I, if I'm working through one of the designers or if I'm working through the client, I may just, sometimes I just communicate through them because it's not worth the fight. But I've been in a few situations where, um, I mean, these guys force me to embarrass them and like really prove that they're wrong <laughs> rather than like finding a solution together. And then the client would have, would never have had anybody to blame because we would have just found the solution together rather than me really having to sit there and be like, here's how your thing's broken. Please go fix it. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't like that. And I know I hate when I get backed into that because I, I want it to be professional. I want everybody at the table to feel good about their role in this collaborative project. But, you know, if they, if they didn't dismiss me outright as a female in tech, then we wouldn't have gotten to that point. And it just, it is what it is. Yeah. I I really think that what you're saying is super powerful because, um, you know, there's such a push right now for young girls to start thinking about outside of the box. You said it earlier, your life was about being in this small mold, right? And I think many of us, I'm a bit older than you, but I remember growing up, I was from a very small town in North Iowa and people expected me to 
just fit into that small town. And I knew I didn't, right? So I went to college. And even after I graduated from college and we were choosing to come to Houston to work, my family got a, a bit upset because we were, one, moving away with our daughter. So they weren't going to have the relationship necessarily that they thought they were going to have. But um, it was even, uh, you can't do this. You have to just stay here and work, just be a teacher here. And if you, the problem was there weren't a lot of jobs open and people just didn't leave at the time. And so that would mean I would have to be a substitute teacher or maybe a paraprofessional. And I had spent tens of thousands of dollars going to school, working two jobs, you know, one full-time, one part-time and going to school full-time and taking care of a, a young child because of my circumstances in order to get my degree. And people just expected me to be okay with just subbing or just being a paraprofessional. So I get that, that mold. And I think as we have evolved some in society, we want to push our, our young girls to believe they can do anything, but then there's that it's almost like an oxymoron, right? Because it's go do, go follow your dreams, go do what you want to in life. But then there are these rules. I was talking with someone a while back and I'm preparing for a workshop that I'll be um, delivering in January where I talk about just this thing, getting in the right room and men, they can just walk into those rooms, right? It doesn't even matter if they're qualified, but they can walk in. But us women, we have to almost double prove ourselves even to get the door to crack open, so to speak. And so I think you said something very powerful with that. And it's not a dig against guys. I mean, clearly, you know, guys, women, men, we all have to be around to make the world go around. And it's not every man and it's not every woman, but society, I think, just makes it harder um, especially when we're pushing girls to go do these things, but then we're pushing them back out the door, if that makes sense. No, I, I see that. I feel that, uh, you know, my, my daughter certainly feels a lot of that pressure. Um, and, and it's an interesting balance. And so with my two sons, I often think about how am I raising them that they are part of opening those doors, that they're a part of making that systemic change because, right, it's like, I know those doors will open for them. They're mm -hmm. both very smart and capable. And so what do I need to do in raising them so that they're part of fixing it? Because they will be, they have, the, they have the opportunity of opening, intentionally opening doors or keeping them closed. Mm -hmm. um, and so having some of those, those interesting conversations within our family to be like, hey, like you have a certain amount of privilege and you need to use it well, and you need to use it to help everybody else in your community. Um, really that building each other up and we're stronger together. And that's a lot, I think of what the pressures for women are trying like the younger ones just getting started out in the workforce so there's so much pressure from work but then you also want to have a family but you know there's still this discrepancy where 
women do so much more of the housework at home and you know have the full-time job and then do the majority of the childcare and the work around the house and it's like how and that's that's gotten better but how do we continue to keep shifting those shifting those norms and going back and rebuilding some of the community that's been lost you know i've talked to so many moms that feel so isolated especially with families moving around you're no longer necessarily living near family I know it was really hard when my boys were younger and we you know we had moved from my husband's job we had no one nearby and Mm -hmm. you know there was times where we were dealing with um really stressful situations and didn't have help of any kinds I didn't have friends I could trade back and forth with Mm -hmm. or even just call and be like hey can you watch my kid for the night um and I think we need to women especially we need to think about how we start reconnecting because in a lot of ways it does it takes a village and it takes multiple people for us women to be able to work and raise a family or do whatever it is that we want to do like we can't do it in isolation even the stay-at-home moms, like they can't do it in isolation, but our, our society has with people moving away and has just lost some of those connections. And so I, I think about that a lot and how, how do we start rebuilding those connections? Yeah, I think that's so important. Um, again, just so many underlying things. And um, I love the fact that you talk about just conversations that we can all start to have, you know, in our families, especially if we're parents of young men, which I'm not, I just have my one daughter. So I, I don't even know what that looks like, but I do have colleagues and friends that, you know, have male children and many of them say the same things that you're saying it's important for us all to remember anybody can do anything that they put their mind to it doesn't matter what color they are what gender they are what chosen path they're on you know we have to be accepting of all people i think number one that would probably revolutionize the entire world if we all did that right yeah so many issues would be resolved but that's not what we're here to do today however i think that that's important and you mentioned that your daughter you know starts to feel this one of the reasons um i share in one of my books um how I kind of got on this path of being a strong woman and growing up, I basically, you know, took care of myself a lot as a kid. Um, my mother and I, we ended our relationship when I was starting high school and I lived with my dad, but he was going through some things as well. And, um, my siblings didn't live with us full time. And it was just kind of a situation where it was just easiest. If I just kind of kept myself, I got to school, got home, went to work, you know, did my thing, bought my clothes, did all the things. But um, as I kind of transitioned out of high school and started college, that's when I found myself uh, pregnant and having a baby. I was very young. And I remember looking at my daughter for the very first time thinking, okay, I can't fail. I have to be a strong woman. And it's always been that. I've always, you know, told myself, you are the role model. And I truly believe she is thriving as she is now, because she realizes that 
women can be strong and we can push and we can um, get to the places that we want to be. And so I'm sure your daughter sees that with you as well. I, yeah. So my daughter's an interesting topic. I mean, we have a great relationship now, but we had, we adopted her as a teenager out of a really bad situation. And so she, we, we had some hard times as she worked through all of the things she needed to work through to recover from the trauma that she'd mm-hmm. been through. And really, I think that gave me the most strength because it didn't matter if I felt like I was young and underqualified. It didn't matter if I was scared or intimidated, like she needed me to be on that front line fighting with her, for her, fighting to have hope when she didn't have hope, fighting with the medical professionals to get her the care that she needed, um, you know, really being her strength when in a season when she didn't have it. And, you know, that, that changed me so profoundly um, and really was that start of being strong myself, but she, she needed it and, and she's doing great now like is killing it in her adult life. And, you know, there were nights, many, many nights, I didn't know that we would ever get here, but we have, and it's, it's been a huge blessing, but it was, it was, it was, it was a season. (laughs) It was a lot, but I would do it again. Well, and it's just one more reason why I think when people meet you and just feel your energy and know your heart, um, you saved her, you know, and Um, that's amazing. That is truly amazing. (laughs) As you said, I I always get awkward when people say that I'm like, I, I mean, we, we managed to keep her alive until she was ready to do the work herself. Like she had to do the hard work to get to where she was. We just provided resources and stability that she didn't have in her previous situation, but she did the hard work. I mean, we all did hard work, but mm-hmm. she, she had to find that strength within herself to really make the decisions and do the work and make the choices every day to, to get to where she is now. That's great. That is great. And, and knowing that she's been through that, I'm sure you can feel that later in life when adulting is hard, you know, we all know it is, um, she'll be able to persevere and and really continue on that great path. Oh, she's, she's, she's paying it forward and giving it forward already in the other people in her life. It's, it's amazing to see. And there's times when, you know, she's telling me about a conversation she had or someone she's talking to. And I'm like, Oh, you really were listening 10 years ago. (laughs) Like I told that to you first and you're now sharing it on. And it, it was you know, for every parent that doesn't think their kids are listening, it's like, they are, you might have no, no idea that they are. But I was like, really surprised, like 10 years later, it's like, oh, you really were listening. Okay, great. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Um, it makes us realize that the work we do as parents really pays off, right? Because I do believe truly, our level or our measure of success as a parent is how successful our children are. I really do truly believe that. So, well, and I, I think, you know, it's the children that we have, but anyone, whether they have kids or not can be 
feeding and growing the people mm-hmm. around them. And so it's, you know, I think a measure of our success is have we left the people that we interact with better? Have we raised them up? Have we lifted them up? Have we helped them? Like, have we given and helped grow? And so we do that with our kids, but we can, you know, for people who don't have kids mm-hmm. or, you know, women who aren't in that stage yet, it's like we can pour out and help anybody in our lives. And like those relationships matter too. Absolutely. It's that impact, right? Mm-hmm. It's always being intentional about what we're doing in life and and sharing our knowledge and skills and experiences and leaving that impact. Um, you'll hear me say in many of the workshops and things I do, I talk about that story of the old man walking on the beach, picking up starfish. It's one of my very favorites. And I think it's why I became a teacher really well, part of why, but um, if you don't know the story, it just yeah. kind of goes an old man walking on the beach, you know, picking up starfish and two young guys come walking up, making fun of him, asking him what he's doing. And he says, well, I'm trying to save these starfish because they're all washed up on shore and they're going to die. And they laugh a little more and say, you know, well, mister, you're, you're kind of crazy if you think you can save them all because you can't look at there's hundreds of them. And he continues to pick one up and throw it back into the ocean and looks at them and says, but I saved that one. And that's what makes a difference, you know? So I think that that's just such a profound thought for us today. Absolutely. I've, mm-hmm. I've been taking that similar approach because sometimes it just feels overwhelming. It's like, I can't change the world. I can't change our country, but like with this nonprofit I'm working on, it's like, no, but I can, I can make a difference mm-hmm. in hundreds of families' lives in my community you know, there's a lot of big problems, but if we sort of take a look at what it is we can actually do, we would all make a big impact. And even if it's just on one person's life, it's a big impact. Absolutely. All right. Well, as we are wrapping up today, Sarah, if people wanted to continue to connect with you and wanted to talk to you about all of the great things, strong things you're doing as a mom, needing your support with their technology, or even any thoughts or processes on these nonprofits, because I know that that's something a lot of people are interested in as well and don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. How would they contact you? What would be the best way? Um, My email is probably the best way or filling out the contact form on my website. I will respond. I email is often the best way to get a hold of me. I am on social media, but Sarah Martin is an incredibly common name. So people often don't find me that way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will be sure to put all of your links in the show notes as well, because guys, if you're out there and needing supports or just want to connect with Sarah because she does such amazing things, of course, feel free to reach out because she is your go-to girl. I promise she can get you what you need. Sarah, thank you for coming on this week. I so much enjoyed our conversation, learning more about you. And again, just continue to be in awe of all of the great things you're doing in the world. And I know so many people are benefiting from the work that you're doing. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And I'm sure we'll probably hear more from Sarah in the future because um, one thing that I've learned most recently is when you have great people in your network, utilize them, get them out there and getting their messages out. And maybe Sarah will even get you on Confident, Courageous and Clear, my online talk show. Oh boy. <laughs> sure. I I mean, I'm, I don't say no to things so much. I, I am all about um, in this season, really connecting and giving back. So sure. absolutely perfect. Sounds great. All right, guys, that is our episode for this week. Hopefully you got a little something and probably a lot more than you ever expected on this episode from Sarah Martin. But again, reach out, keep doing the hard work. We know it's, it takes a lot to be a strong woman, but we can do it. And lifting each other up and supporting each other is what it's all about. So until next time, this is Sherry with Strong Inside and Out, and I'll see you right back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Strong Inside and Out. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe. And don't forget, leave us a great review. Of course, if you know someone who would love this podcast, let them know. And as always, follow me at www.findagirlinherdog.com. Until next time, 